Welcome to AASHTO Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials, testing, and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Hey, this is Brian. Today is a one of the episodes where we're going to have some real Q&A. So we've got a, a very frequently asked question that Kim is going to ask me, and I'm going to do my best to answer it in a way that works for everyone. So let's try it out. <laughs> all right. So this is a question that we get all the time. You know, it is an FAQ on our website because we get it all the time. But people always want to know, who do they talk to about their accreditation? Yeah, that should be an easier answer than it is. Uh, but. <laughs> But there, it, it, the, the answer is it depends on what you want to know. Uh, if you just want general information, uh, you, can, you can reach out to you, uh, State QA. We actually have a document on the website. If you go to the Contact Us page on ashtoresource.org and you scroll down, you'll get to the area where the uh, accreditation program staff are listed and you'll see all the quality analysts and you'll see me and we have a link that says find your quality analyst by state or province that's for our canadian friends uh, if you click on that you'll see the list of all the state and provincial assignments that we have for our quality analysts find your state find the quality analyst page two will have the contact information and you reach out to them it's it it's pretty easy so that's good to know for that location, uh, the document there for laboratories seeking accreditation, right? Because if you're already accredited laboratory, you're going to have right on your laboratory homepage who your quality analyst is assigned to you for general things. So at the top of your laboratory homepage, it will say, please reach out to X for accreditation issues. So if you're seeking accreditation, that document is really good because you don't have that information already on your page, correct? That that's right. That you you your page when you start out, either you don't have one because you're not registered, or you're registered but you don't have any accreditation. If there's no accreditation, you don't have an accreditation contact. That's the way our website works currently. <laughs> uh, but for those of you who are accredited, you typically are calling because you have a specific question related to an accreditation event, either an onsite assessment. Uh, corrective action submittal or low proficiency sample ratings or or some other issue. Uh, if there is an open file, you would actually go to your accreditation events, which is located on your My Lab page, which would be the page you land on when you log in. And when you go to that accreditation events page, you'll see all the different accreditation activities that you have that are open or closed. And chances are the issue that you're looking for is going to be on top of that queue or list of uh, accreditation events. And, and conveniently on the right side of that list, you'll see your uh, quality analyst. And if you click over there uh, or pretty much anywhere on that bar of the accreditation event, except for the, uh, the links that you'll see to open documents, you'll be able to reach the quality analyst. Yeah, I think it's best for laboratories, if they can, communication to a specific accreditation event is to use the website and not necessarily email outside of that, just so everything kind of stays together for our quality analysts. 
for some background for listeners, if you're like, why do we have two types of quality analysts, right? And they're really not two different types. It's just how the how laboratories need to access it because we have on average about 10 quality analysts, but we have over 2000 accredited laboratories. So we have to break that up, that workload up a little bit. Do you wanna explain that process a little bit more, Brian? I, I do. And now we have the, the state QA is assigned to handle all sort of general inquiries and they handle the annual review activities, which is just an annual submittal that laboratories that are accredited have to do. Uh, the, the state QA is familiar with all the uh, state requirements. So if there are certification programs that are offered by a state DOT, they're going to have that answer. For the assessment reports, we distribute those in sort of a round robin fashion. So that list of 10 quality analysts, uh, you know, one report goes to QA1, next report goes to QA2, and it just keeps going in a circular uh, pattern so that we can evenly distribute the workload. Yeah, I know some of our laboratories are like, man, I wish I had the same quality analyst for everything. And again, that's just not really possible. Sometimes it will happen. Sometimes just the luck of the draw is the next uh, quality analyst for that your assessment report is going to be your quality analyst by state. So it does sometimes happen, but it's not the norm, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and another question that's related to this is why doesn't the assessor just address all of these issues? You know, why do we have to deal with somebody else? Uh, I want people to keep in mind that the assessors are traveling a lot. And a long time ago, we didn't have quality analysts and we had the assessors handling it. And we would have files that were so late back then because they, there just weren't people available to address the customer's concerns or review corrective action. So it was just a really, it was really a bad system. Uh, and, and we know that people are uh, more eager to get these things done quickly than ever. So it's important to have a dedicated staff able to address them. I mean, even with the dedicated staff we have, we still have people who are, they want it reviewed basically instantaneously uh, when they submit their corrective actions, which is obviously not gonna be possible for, for us to do, but, um, we set a, a goal for ourselves to get back to people when they submit their corrective actions within two weeks. Uh, if we were having the assessors do it, it would be probably more like two months because of the travel involved. So uh, that that's the that's the main reason why we can't just have the assessors follow up on it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that it, it, the systems that we have in place now seem from the outside of like that's why are you doing it that way but there are good reasons for what why we're doing things the way we're doing them and we're always looking to improve them so what we're doing right now we may find in five years a better way of doing that and we're going to evolve with that as well because our real goal is to be timely and accurate that is part of our quality policy those are specific things so those are really important to ASHTO resource and the ASHTO accreditation program that were accurate and timely in granting accreditations or facilitating that because it's so important to the yeah, industry. And, and I have a related issue that comes up all the time too with with contact. And this, this stems from basically every time I've ever given a presentation to a, a general audience, uh, one of the first questions I get is always, well, what's CCRL doing? <laughs> As we handle the accreditation for, for all of the CCRL um, 
activities too, the assessments and mm -hmm. the efficiency samples. So we'll get questions about that. The quality analysts are, are well equipped to deal with those questions because they deal just as much with the concrete issues as they do with the asphalt and soil issues. Uh, so questions about CCRL, generally we can answer most of those unless they're really specific about uh, issues that only CCRL would know, like when are you coming to the lab? Uh, can uh, can I talk to the inspector? Well, it's like you you should talk to CCRL about that. Uh, you know, if you have an issue with shipping your proficiency samples or invoicing with CCRL, those are not questions for us. We would just direct you over there. But it it is I I say that with the understanding that it is extremely confusing that people have to deal with two organizations to get one ASHTO accreditation. So we yeah, get that. that. Yeah, we understand that it's confusing and that's unfortunately what what it is for right now. So we do our best to try to make that seamless um, where we can, but it is two different organizations. You know, CCRL is a part of ASTM and ASHTO resource is ASHTO and ASHTO accreditation program is ASHTO. Um, so yeah, it can be confusing and I definitely we are very sympathetic to that misunderstanding that the our customers have. Yeah, and we've we've talked for what like ten minutes about how to contact somebody, so that sounds pretty complicated. <laughs> but with with any of this, uh, these kind of questions, when people have them, if you reach out to our general number or general email, uh, either info, I guess that would be the best one. Info at ashtoresource.org would be your your most general email inbox, or the two four zero four three six. 4900 number, um, that would be a way to get to the right person any anytime. Yeah, no, with any questions, our administrative staff is amazing about being able to answer your questions themselves or direct you to someone who can. So that is definitely a great point there, Brian, of that you don't need to know who to contact for what because you could just call our main number and ask your question and then we'll transfer you to the, the right person. Um, but if you want to know who to contact directly, again, it's it really does depend on what the issue is. But now hopefully you have a little bit of understanding of why it's the answer is depends for that question. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Uh, th this was this was a, a a real Q&A uh, part of Q&A. Uh, we, we, we'd love to get more questions from you so we can cover them on future episodes. So send us an email at podcast.ashtoresource.org for any questions you have, or uh, you can just call me, Brian Johnson, at 240-436-4820. We'll see if we can get it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>